So we decided to start recording some conversations about open source and faith because um, both of us had sort of noticed in our work around open source, um, there are a lot of open source developers that had some sort of connection to faith, often I think Christian faith. Um, and I think for both of us, we were sort of wondering why that was. Um, we have pretty different backgrounds in terms of our connection, our personal connection to faith. Um, Henry, do you want to talk a little bit about yours first and then I'll talk about mine? Yeah, a uh, real, real short, I guess. Uh, I am a Christian and I didn't grow up Christian, but um, I guess uh, mostly started pursuing after that after college and going into working. Um, and then, yeah, I think uh, I've just noticed through, you know, getting involved in open source, um, just a lot of parallels with what, uh, what we do in church and, and our faith background, stuff like that. Um, and I, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it, but it does seem like it's kind of like underlying a lot of stuff. So I, I think it'd be really interesting to talk more uh, about it explicitly. Um, I'm not religious, but I guess I've had a background of just being maybe more like academically interested in it um, since I don't even know when. Um, I went to a Quaker high school, which was definitely really influential for me in terms of um, just like Quakers have a really strong background in public service and community service and activism and things like that. Um, so that definitely has fed into my understanding of faith and religion and community. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just sort of like weirdly interested in this topic because it's just fascinating to me that, uh, especially for me working in tech in San Francisco, um, I feel like I almost never interact with faith or religion, um, among my peers at all in my sort of like geographic location, but it seems like in open source for some reason, it's a much more prominent theme. Yeah. That's really interesting that you say, like, it's like, because open source is, you know, it could be global, then maybe it kind of, you see a lot of different kind of people and not just like tech in San Francisco, but, you know, in New York or all these other places, it's like, yeah, spread out all over. Yeah. It's sort of nice and like restorative almost, I think, to get to talk about these topics um, in open source more than I feel like I do day to day in San Francisco. And I don't really know why that is. I guess I had thought of it, maybe you're right, that's just a geographic difference. Um, I had thought of it as also just people might be attracted to open source for similar reasons that they might be attracted to some sort of faith or spiritual practice. Um, and I feel like I'm sort of mixing all these terms of faith, spirituality, religion, um, and those are all each actually kind of different things. But um, the aspects of faith that I think are really present in open source are around community organizing and also just a sense of service of sort of like giving something to other people without expecting anything in, in return um, for the benefit of some sort of greater good. Right. Yeah, I think that's the thing that kind of, well, I gave a talk on this um, in SF Insight Day, but um, a lot of the, the way I got started in open source wasn't because I thought it was about community or or like serving people. I thought it was, um, it was just cool that people are working together and I use stuff and it would be nice to be able to like say that you worked on some projects. So it, was, it's, it came from a pretty selfish point of view of wanting to be involved in something bigger. But later, I guess, growing into not just being a contributor, but a maintainer, I realized the, you know, how like fundamentally it's all about people um, and the maintainers themselves um, is a big part of that, not just like the code itself. 
What's the reaction been like when you've given talks in that realm or just talked to other people about it? Uh, yeah, actually, so that's that's funny because in my mind, it's maybe like what you said, it's really surprising at the almost, you know, positive feedback I've gotten. I've definitely, I haven't really gotten anything negative from anyone about it. And maybe it's just because I'm just sharing my story and sharing, um, you know, personal thoughts. I'm not like trying to convince anyone of anything. It's just uh, recognizing um, what like shared um you know, agreed values or parallels in, in both. Um, and kind of like what you said, I really like the word used restorative. It, I don't know. It's like, a, it's just a different aspect of technology and programming that I don't see um, other than in open source, right? It's like, it, it feels like all this other stuff in technology is about like, you know, making things like better for yourself or making money and, just like, I don't know, very materialistic and robotic in a sense. Um, and yet, and this is more about, you know, helping others and not necessarily thinking about yourself. Yeah, I think it, it ties really closely to that sense of intrinsic motivation that we see a lot in open source. Um, and I wonder why, I wonder why people are so, un- or <laughs> I, I feel like for both of us, we've had these experiences of not being sure how other people will take it if we talk about faith in, I guess, a more like not professional context, but just, you know, not among like very close friends. Um, and I wonder why that is like, I wonder why it makes us like, why, why does this perceive to be such an uncomfortable topic when it's also something that seems to really drive a lot of people in some shape or form, or it's something that they, they do and care and, and believe in. Um, I guess it's people have, their own experiences with with that and other perceptions and um it's hard to like differentiate um like the kind of faith that's shown in open source is very different from what you might see on in media or like that kind of stuff um and i know yeah it's definitely feels weird but i don't know i feel like the more i I talk about it i feel more not confident just like more willing to share um like I think, uh, yeah, the more talks I've given, I, I try to share more about that. I'm not like going up there and telling about my faith. It's just like I find, you know, whether it's different quotes or, or books or things I've, I'm learning in my own journey there uh, with my community. Um, it's like, oh, they're very similar. One of the reasons I'm hesitant to talk about it is because of this intrinsic motivation thing and the idea of public service, um, which sort of stands in conflict sometimes with the work that I'm interested in in open source, which is around sustainability and saying you can't really rely on the goodwill of developers to um, continue to maintain the infrastructure that we're all relying on. And so for me, sometimes I I worry that if I kind of dig into the faith thing of, you know, Mm. there's, there's some sense of you're doing it for reasons other than something material. You're doing it because you really believe in this thing. Um, and I, sometimes I worry that if I, you know, focus on that side, then it, it, it might invalidate this belief that also we need some sort of support for people that are doing this work and how do they avoid, um, getting burned out by the work that they're doing. Right. That's like a really good point. And I definitely am not on the side of like, you should do everything for free and all that, obviously, cause I, I left to, and I have to sustain myself too. Um, so I am, I guess, living out that struggle right now where, you know, there's this sense of, 
I want to be able to give everything away, but, and you don't want to limit access to things because you have to make money for it. But um, yeah, you, ha- you have to sustain yourself. And um, the idea that only people that can have the free time to do open source are the only people that should do it is it seems pretty wrong to me as well. Um, but I, I don't know. It's a healthy struggle to have, I, I guess. It's, um, yeah. It seems like for we don't hold our day-to-day work to that same standard of we expect that you it's great to be intrinsically motivated by the work that you do as like your day job um but that doesn't negate the need to have a salary or sustain yourself um so why would that be any different for open source right it shouldn't be in conflict i guess this kind of goes i I had a conversation with someone else about your work and, and whether you know if we're all trying to help people, it's like you can make, you know, make like do a for-profit company and then decide to donate away or use that, you know, wealth or influence to help. Or you can spend your time serving people um, kind of more directly. And maybe you won't ever make a lot of money, but you're having impact. And, you know, maybe some people believe one is more better or impactful than the other. And it's hard to say. I, I think it's kind of where you're placed at uh, in the ter- current time. What do you mean by that? So if you're in a position where you can influence others, um, then I think that's the best thing you can do. But if you're, you know, you're able to have, um, or you're able to make a lot of money, then maybe you don't have to be the one doing it, like doing the direct help. Um, you can find other people to do it. Um, and if you're, if you're just, you're already like, you have a heart to help people, um, directly, then you should do that. Um, I guess I'm just saying that it it shouldn't matter like which word, what it is, but I do say, I would say that like a lot of people would want to say like move everything long-term. So it's like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, make a business and then give it all away once I make it. And it's a good attitude, but also you might realize later that you might not ever get there. Um, and it's kind of like doing the giving now will help build that sense of giving in the future. And maybe you like, cause over time you might lose that. Um, even though in your mind, you believe that that's true. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's no real, like, I guess I was just thinking too, uh, within the concept of, like spiritual practice. I mean, there's a lot of overlap there too of, I mean, there are religions that are based around mega churches and like, they're all sort of about fundraising or sort of selling, selling some sort of a product or a promise to people. Um, And then there's also Mm -hmm. faith that's extremely personal and private and, um, and sometimes not even connected to community at all, but it's sort of just about like, yourself and your right. own self-discovery and so it's like the the money question is sort of a separate thing from your personal level or connection to whatever you you practice um and so maybe it's like similar to like you can't within open source there's a million different reasons how you might end up sustaining it or not but that doesn't invalidate the sort of underlying motivation yeah i guess i was talking more from a personal point of view of what you're saying about like kind of almost a discipline in giving um, just like everything else um, there we have habits that affect 
you know, how we actually live and what we believe. And that sometimes what we think we believe isn't what we're end up going to be doing because we don't practice it. And so um, even what you're doing with the grant, right? Um, it's a really cool way of doing that. And I mean, you could talk all day about giving, but if we're not actually doing it in the day to day, that might like kind of lead us away. And then you find out, you know, maybe years later, you're like, oh, I've lost that sense. If you even realize that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Giving in like really small ways every day is, I think, a really important practice. Right. And it's kind of funny because it's in some sense, you're like, oh, I want to help people. But in another sense, it maybe it can help you just as much um, for you to be able to realize that that's what's good for you too, to have that sense of giving through the practice. How do you balance that in open source where you could theoretically say helping someone is, you know, good for you or um, feeds you spiritually, but there's some point where it's like too much, right? Um, like, how do you know when it's depleting? Yeah, this is <laughs> right. And I think that's a really hard question of, and I don't know if there's like a line there um, because I think about um, people of faith and there are people that, you know, it, we, there's, you know, we are asked to sacrifice, uh, but also there's grace and there's, there's a need to rest. Um, people are, you know, at the extreme, you could even be martyred for your faith, but, um, are we all called to do that kind of thing? And it's hard to really know per, per, um, per se, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure <laughs> because, you know, you know, you have to think about, say, you know, your physical health or your mental health, and maybe, you know, you are healthy and you're able to kind of um, go, you know, more all in than other people. But, you know, if you're dealing with issues, then it's like you have to understand more of yourself. Um, and I don't know if you can look to people to like, oh, I'm going to copy what they do, but you kind of have to learn on your own what that is. Um, like more awareness and maybe that means like talking with others and seeing how they see how you're doing too. Hmm. Like for them to evaluate you almost. Yeah. So a sense of accountability in the community. I think that's super important. So definitely in faith because you want people to let you know when you're getting off track, stuff like that. And I think in the same way with either working too much or serving too much, um, it's, it seems pretty similar. is making me think about tithing a little bit but like in a different way yeah, but yeah. yeah the idea of like and yeah I'm, I'm interested in tithing in a bunch of different levels but in particular i guess i'm thinking about it right now just um as like how do you know whether you can afford to tithe or not and i guess similarly like how, how do you mm -hmm. know what, when you can afford to give of yourself in any shape or form um if you don't have a lot yourself and um the feedback i've seen has been like don't if you can't af like afford to tithe or it's going to cause you some really serious undue hardship, like that's a decision for you to make. It's not up to anyone else to judge whether you do it or not. Um, but like, there's no one right answer to it. It's like, if you want to give anyway, because you believe it'll be good for you, that's fine. If not, then don't. Um, but it's not prescriptive about like, you must always be giving this amount no matter what, like you kind of have to check in with yourself and, and be like, is this is this something I can realistically do or or not? Yeah, no, I would agree for sure. Tithing is interesting, even in in the church, right? It's like where most many of it depends on your 
like the composition of the church, right? It's like how many people are are members of the church and how many members actually tithe. Um, in the same way with open source, it's like you have millions of users. How many people are giving back in through money or time? Um, it's always going to be a, a way smaller amount. And it's not like we need everyone to be doing it. Um, and maybe they don't realize it either. That's sort of um, like where I've kind of been interested, I think, as a corollary to open source. Like, should we expect that anyone who is closely involved in an open source project should be giving of their time or money or whatever. But I mean, the whole point of tithing was just to feel like you, I think like you, um, you're giving something substantially back to this shared community. Um, is that a realistic expectation in an open source project? Uh, I, I guess it doesn't seem like it because at least with tithing in your church, it's like you're going, um, maybe you're going every week and you're in fellowship with people and, I don't know. It feels more like a community just because it's in person. And when it's open source, it the attitude is very consumer-like, right? It's very transactional, even though there's no payment. It's just like I'm using it um, or it doesn't even exist. But uh, in church, it's like you see people all the time. You know who the all the people in the congregation are um, and you're willing to give back because you're, you're part of it. You're, you're kind of, you have a shared sense of ownership. But with with the code and open source, people don't even know who the maintainers are. Um, like say with Babel, people think it's still, a, it's like a company or it's a part of a company like Facebook or something. And there's that perception that still hasn't been like changed. I wonder whether that's a, like whether that's a good, whether that's a, a, a good evolution or whether that's actually a sign of a problem. Right. Cause I think historically in open source, there was this, when I talked to, open source developers from projects that are a bit older, um, there's this belief that all users are potential contributors and there shouldn't even be a concept of users because um, if you're using the project, you have the potential to be able to theoretically give back. And um, I think in some of the older projects I've seen, there's just much more of a sense of like, if you have a problem, it's sure you can report a bug or something so that other people can see it, but it's kind of on you to like contribute if you if you really really need that fix that badly, then it's kind of on you to figure out how to solve it. Um, and I think that worked because when there when products were smaller, there just fewer people using open source in general. Um, there was that higher right. level of like community, right, where you kind of did feel like there are fewer people that are working on this project, and there can be the shared expectation that everyone needs to pitch in. Um, and now with like a project like Babel, like I mean, it's impossible. Of course, there are just people who are users, and that aren't going to ever be contributors, but maybe from within that, there's like still a smaller core of people that are somewhat active or contributing. And of those people, there might be more of a shared context of pitching in and and helping each other out. Like, I don't know, like, would you say there is that like sizable contributor community of like people faces that you see regularly, similar to how you would see people regularly in like a congregation or whatever. Um, yeah, I guess I would agree that before it was just, there weren't a lot of people. So you can, there's that assumption that anyone can get involved, but now it's like with GitHub and, um, you know, anyone getting involved in open source or because the door layer, uh, barrier to entry is so low and all these more people are trying to learn programming. You can't really expect that. Right. And people don't, um, just don't have enough education or, um, around how things work. Um, and we need to do a lot more work to to build on that. Um, 
Yeah, I think the amount of contributors is, it's like, you know, there might be like two or three or four core people on a team and then maybe like 10 times more of like people that you might see regularly and then maybe like a thousand times more for um, users. And do you feel like those, the people that you see regularly, do they interact with each other at all or do they only really interact with like you or uh, like some other core maintainer? Like, is there a community for contributors? I guess, yeah, I think that's one of the issues that we've had is, you know, maybe before it was like through email and then now it's like through these chat apps like Slack and Discord and all that. Um, And it's kind of weird that the, almost like the community itself is outside of GitHub where everything is about the issues and the pull requests, but then in the day-to-day, it's not really there. Um, and it's hard to foster community when like you allow anyone to join and then half of the stuff is just questions about usage and then no one's really talking about development, um, in the day to day. And maybe they, I mean, not everyone has time to do that anyway, but it basically it's, you know, it's hard to coordinate and get people on the same page. Um, you know, we don't, if you don't have meetings then it's really hard for that, and people don't like meetings and um but th- that that's what leads to like what we have now where it's like um we don't if there's no direction or no one knows what's going to go what's moving forward there's no vision it's it's hard to move forward yeah yeah I wonder. and um no one, no one teaches you how to do that um and i guess that's my role now but uh it's 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 interesting <laughs> Do people ever sort of like run into each other physically at events that are like regular contributors? Oh, um, I don't think we have enough regular contributors for that, but I've always had a great time being able to either go to a conference or a city and then being able to meet uh, maintainers or, well, that's more rare. It's more like meeting users. Um, That's always cool. Do you think it's even realistic? Like, I guess I'm, I'm thinking about like, for like very big projects there, I think what works really well for them is that they have these really strong contributor communities um, where there is a lot of context being preserved and there is a lot of the sense of like people pitching in and help each other out. But is that even realistic for a project that is like, I think more, um, I don't know, I guess there's just like a lot of projects now where like that, they just don't have that kind of a setup. Um, because it's not going to be yeah. as large. Right. Like the scope of it is just never going to yeah. be that big. Um, and we don't have enough people like, well, I think another thing is just, we're not really thinking about it that much. Right. It's kind of the, my assumption is that most people just want to like r- work on code and community is like there, but it's kind of implicit. I don't think anyone's going out of their way to like set up these kinds of things. Like, now I'm thinking like, oh, what if we made a Babel meetup? Um, it's not where you give talks. It's just where you contribute or we have a conference even. That seems kind of crazy for a small project like us. Um, that's not even a company, but, um, you know, maybe. Yeah, or even just like, I don't know, I guess I'm thinking about like, I'm going back to faith stuff again, but just like, well, why do people yeah. go to church regularly? Um, and it's sort of like a sense of, I think there's some sort of sense of, purpose and like 
community that isn't, it doesn't have to be this like super designed out, like there's a conference and a meetup kind of thing, but just like you go almost just to like, maybe it's also like the accountability thing. So like, I'm, I'm not religious, um, I think but so. the, I yeah. guess the closest thing that I have to this is that I do um, aerial circus stuff. And like a big reason, I think for a lot of people, they feel this way about their workouts where um, the reason you might keep coming back to it is partly for the community. And um, like, I think like mm-hmm. CrossFit is maybe like an extreme example of this. But yeah, part of like why I'll go regularly is because it's there is a little bit of that accountability thing of like you're kind of showing up not just for you, but you're showing up for other people. Um, and you expect to see these faces mm. regularly. And I don't know, I just I wonder if there's some level of that that can make people feel more not obligated, but just sort of like give them more of a purpose in contributing regularly. I don't know if this is all like extremely naive and optimistic, but just that that sense of like you're you're showing up for a reason, right? Yeah, I don't think that's naive. It, I think that's at the core of it. Um, a sense of consistency, like why churches every Sunday or Saturday for people, it's like, and they go every week. It's, it's not even because like, um, you know, you go there to learn about, you know, God or faith or something, but, you know, another reason to go is because you're struggling. And so, you know, every person of faith has doubt and maybe every person that's a non-believer has some kind of longing for something greater. And there's, there's kind of that tension that we all have. And part of the reason of going is to encourage others um, in the faith. So it's like, maybe that I'm not going because I'm trying to express my devotion and whatever. That's part of it. But a lot of it is that maybe I'm not feeling up to it, but I know that, all my, you know, all the other people in the congregation, they're there um, because they are. Maybe we kind of switch off kind of kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm not feeling it today. But being in there, being involved in the uh, practices and I use, I'm using the word liturgy of the church, it's like you kind of get restored into what it's all about when you might have forgotten it throughout the, the, the week, right? Because maybe if you're only going that one day, it's like, it's funny, like on Monday, it's like suddenly now you're back to people, what they think is just like, oh, it's just work again. But it's like, how do we instill a sense that like the whole week, whether you're at work or in church, it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that way about <laughs> about workouts too. Of Sometimes you really just don't want to go, but I go because I know everyone else is going to be there. And then afterwards, I'm really glad that I went. Um and again, I think it's like a really fine line to toe with open source. I'm wanting to be respectful that it is people's volunteer time and it should be something that feels fun to them and not like an obligation. Um, and so like, how do you respect that while also, I mean, ideally like they, they go not out of a sense of like, ugh, I have to do this obligation, but more because it actually does give them a sense of just like purpose or happiness or fulfillment. Right, exactly. And same thing with, <laughs> I would say the same thing about going to church. It's not about like feeling guilty or like somehow like going to church every week means that you're a good person or anything like that. Um, and I think even going there for that reason might be a negative. And so the same way as continuing to do open source because you feel guilty is just going to lead to more burnout. Um, so we need to like think deeply about like, yeah, why are we doing this in the first place? And whether it's good for you or other people um, and not putting all the burden on yourself because you're like, I'm the only person that can do this kind of thing. Um, 
which is also a told the same issue in in the church too with a lot of people there or everyone there they're all serving and trying to do different things and um and uh it might lead to burnout there which is it's also an issue are there people that will like step away from the church for a while and then come back and if so why yeah that could be for a lot of reasons but i feel like it's kind of for me it's like you know maybe um so i also have like a bible study or small group on fridays and so after work every friday i would go there and you know maybe i'm like super tired from work and everyone else is too but i kind of i'm going there to be renewed and restored not because i'm tired and i was like oh i don't want to go anymore it's like it's something completely different from work and it's like we're able to share with one another the struggles or and encourage one another in the things that's happening in our lives um and i think that's where the church is um i don't know if that's true for open source for everyone but i mean i think it can be um but yeah, I think service is it's hard because sometimes it's like the idea of serving versus serving itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, it kind of competes. Uh, I have this really good quote. This is really specific to faith, but um, I think it's kind of relevant. Um, so it says, uh, beware of anything that competes with your loyalty to Jesus. The greatest competitor of true devotion to Jesus is the service we do for him. It's easier to serve than to pour our lives for him. The goal of the call of God is his satisfaction, not simply that we should do something for him. We are not sent to do battle for God, to be used by God in his battles. Are we more devoted to service than we are to Jesus himself? And so in for the faith thing, it's like maybe serving becomes your own God and like feeling like, you're so important and um, the sense of service trumps the point of faith in the first place, um, which is interesting where your faith becomes your God or your work becomes your God rather than working to serve um, because you've already, you already have God. So the idea being that you don't, you almost don't need to have faith, which would imply like trust that something is important because you already feel it so intrinsically yourself. Well, it's, it's the sense that, like, you shouldn't have to work for it, right? Um, it's a very, I guess it's kind of nuanced where it's like, um, like, lo- God already loves you, so you shouldn't have to work to get his approval. But because he loves you, you, you work. Um, so you're doing it out of a sense of joy or love um, already instead of trying to, like, gain it. Um, and that sense of wanting to gain it and to serve, that's the thing that leads to burnout. Cause you're like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not serving enough. I'm not helping enough. Um, I can always be doing more and you have more guilt versus like doing it out of a sense of I already have. And because of that, I will give. When you think someone feels that way in open source, like we'll see people that will you know, step away either just because they don't have time anymore, they have other things they care about, um, whatever the case. But I guess like if you do that sort of like self-inquiry um, and you realize that this isn't bringing you the joy that you wish it did, do you think there's two paths, right? It's either like you step away and you say, all right, I'm going to go find something that does bring me joy or I need to change what I'm doing or how I'm doing it so that it does bring 
back that sense of joy, right? Um, yeah. I don't know if it's um, like just two options because there is what you were saying before of just kind of temporarily going away, right? It's not like either I quit entirely or I kind of do something else in the same space. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it's just that all you've been doing is working and then you never took a vacation or or whatever. And that's definitely an issue in open source where you always feel like you're on call. You're always like needing to be there, especially in our current age of like, you know, with Twitter and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, definitely putting boundaries. I mean, that's something even outside of open source, like a lot of people feel, you know, you know like I try not to use Twitter exactly. on the weekends just because it feels like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's like what I found even with, my work outside of open source, just, it can just setting up those kinds of boundaries can help you feel that sense of excitement about the work that you're doing. Cause you're not always on and you're not always responsive. Now, I guess if the, it's not like a, it's just a concern is that when you're so involved in, in all that, um, and like, say I'm doing open source full time, I still don't want to be so into it. Like I'm consumed by everything that's there. And then all you do is think about worry and all that. And you don't do your best work there. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at leftpad or Nyafia or on our website, hopeandsource.com. <laughs>